And welcome back to Cannon Fodder. We are recording today at the latest location of the ever-expanding A Shared Universe here at Bell Works in Homedale, New Jersey. Bell Works is a beautiful mixed office and retail space described as the Metroburb. It was converted out of the historic Bell Labs, the AT&T Research Division that was the Silicon Valley of its time. In fact, observations from the Bell Labs horn antenna nearby helped provide evidence for the Big Bang and the expansion of the universe. So this is a fitting place to discuss the ever-expanding universe of the X-Men films, the original Marvel Cinematic Universe. Okay, so now that we're through the uh, NPR portion of the podcast, welcome back, everyone, to Cannon Fodder. I am one of your hosts, Anthony. And I'm Ed. I'm Matt. Matt, Matt, who loves to chew and burp and just directly into the microphone. So uh, brace your ear holes for uh, what the show is going to be. I don't have headphones right now, so I don't know what it even sounds like. Yeah, no, so no fuck worries. All y'all. So we're excited to be back here with you guys today. We're going to get a chance to talk about one of our favorite subjects. And when we came up with the concept for this podcast, we, we really wanted to do everything in our power to avoid um, doing too many things that were based around comic books and, and things like that but uh as it, it is absolutely inevitable for us to be able to do when you're talking about different shared universes and uh complete cinematic universes uh yeah. we have to go back into and to the be, comic book and to be fair the mcu as it exists today um, yeah it's there, there's no question what's in canon and what's not in canon the x-men sure. universe however <laughs> this thing is a cluster fuck and i can't wait to talk about it yeah i can either and and we're here today uh obviously yeah, again to talk about x-men um all of the different movies we're gonna we're not really gonna go into the cartoons as much um or any of the animated really this is going to strictly be focused around the cinematic universe yeah, and i think there's like 20 movies yeah to go through. which that's why a lot of people like they're like oh the mcu they've got all these different movies man the x-men have been doing this for 20 years yeah. there are so many different 
X-Men movies that like you really have to dive into it and you don't realize how many there are. And then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, there's three Wolverine movies. There's two Deadpool movies. There's the there's first class. And then you've got the original trilogy and then you've got Days of Future Past and then obviously Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, which was originally supposed to be a second. Well, first, we'll get into it. But I mean, it was was the original trilogy. Then it was supposed to be the second trilogy. And I was like, no, let's right. tie the two together. And that's when all fucking hell breaks. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah they tried to retcon and, yeah. and fix things and it just didn't work. Well, it's the anti MCU in that case where the MCU starts off and they had a roadmap and they've they've changed right. the direction they're going a couple times. But the MCU has always had a plan. We're building towards this. Right. There was no large scale shared universes, especially of a comic book kind yeah. on screen when X-Men started in 2000. So they just started making a series. Yeah. Had a couple sequels. And Marvel hadn't made a good movie to, for like 20 years anyway. So I mean, it was like, aside yeah. from the Yeah, let's movies. start from the beginning. 2000 well, X-Men. That was well, like the renaissance of comic book yep. movies. That was what I was going to say. It's definitely worth noting that the all of the success that the MCU, all of the groundwork that was laid was laid by the X-Men movie. Right. The X-Men, it was a safe enough franchise where they thought, okay, we can do this movie. We'll have the right cast. You know, that'll all be there. They weren't ever expecting it to be like a, a, an entire universe or a franchise that was going to span 20 years. I mean, look at the successful before X-Men, the successful comic book movies that had come out 10 years prior. None of them. I mean, Batman. Blade, Return- Blade was it. Oh, no, you know, Blade, comic movies but, in general. And Blade was, what, what, what year was Blade? Was that, the I thought fir- that was the first, after X-Men. No, the first Blade was 1998. Was it 98? But okay. again, you know, Blade was, I mean, people were excited for Wesley Snipes. Right. They didn't know who the fuck Blade was. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it, was, it was a vampire. Comic. Yeah, exactly. And it, it was, was a, a, it was a great based movie. on a comic. Right. But and Blade 2 was great. Yeah. And Blade 3. And the right. concept of vampires obviously was right. big in the late right. 90s and everything like that with Twilight and everything else. But I mean, you know, you got to give credit Creditors do the MCU yeah. as we know it today exists because the first two X Men movies and to be fair the first two Spider Man movies were so goddamn good and so popular yeah like that's yeah. why we have the MCU that we have today X-Men. and that's when Marvel started buying back all of their properties yeah. that they had sold off in the 90s so they were going bankrupt. They're like, oh, no, 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 no. Give us back Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, yeah, especially, well, that's why they made the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. It was literally only to hang on to the trademark rights right. because they were going to lose the trademark rights and they made the they they called upon Roger Corman to make this Fantastic Four movie, and they they they're like, okay, we'll just pay a million dollars, just give us whatever kind of movie you can, with the express purpose of mothballing it. We need and a making whole sure just on that movie. Oh the man, and, yes, and yeah. it's, oh, it's great. Oh, yeah. It's actually yeah. better. It's better than the other two. It, it really is, and especially I love the way that Doctor Doom looks in the movie. Doctor well. Doom actually he, looks very good. Yeah, his his outfit looks better than they ever did it with like uh, the guy from. Nip Tuck, who was Doctor Doom? Yeah, because remember it was like remember like his skin was peeling off and he had yeah. like metal under his, which skin. made yeah, no sense. it was like it was that. somehow it was it was very similar to like the Ultimate Doctor Doom. They had, so like that I was the way he was. The, the so. first, the cringiest line from the first movie was when he's like, "Sue, let's not fight," and she goes. Let's. It's almost like that movie was made to keep the character. Right <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and this movie yeah. is made only three. X-Men's made only three years after Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Batman and like, Robin. You want to talk was, about terrible yeah, films. That, well, like, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, there wasn't a Superman. The, the last Superman movie was Superman 4 because Christopher Reeves broke his neck. Right. Right. And, and that, was in, that was in the late 80s. Right. right. Yeah. Seven. Superman 4 was, was. And that was a canon film. So, like, that tells you how bad that was. Right. 
So you've got oh, yeah, Coke fingernails. Oh, like, dude, uh, yeah, it's his, so, <laughs> so creepy. Nuclear man. It, remi- it reminded me of that episode of Family Guy where they all get powers and Meg can just grow her fingernails. You know, like is that all he can do? And he scratches the guy. Oh, kind of hurt. <laughs> but like the movies that were done in the '90s that were Marvel movies, right? You had Fantastic Four, the Roger Corman one. You had the 1991 Captain America, Ooh. which. I think that was like a TV movie. It was. It. I don't. One of them. I think it was. Yeah. Can, I think that was canon films. Also, right. I think Captin one, America I think was, was like canon. an actual theatrical release, and then it was so bad. The second one, I think, was TV. Was TV, I and believe. then and then there was the David Hasselhoff Nick Fury movie, which, which was also in the nineties. Okay, let's just pause before we get into continuity on X Men. That movie gets more shit than it deserves because it's not as far. And when you, especially when you compare it to everything else that came out at that time. It was not that bad. It's bad. It's bad. I'm not saying it's good. It's not good. But yeah. it's not. I mean, if, if you even just like look at the costumes, like look at the Captain America no, costume. The Captain good. America costume looks like something you buy at Halloween store. The, fucking <laughs> the rubber. The right? rubber. No, it's, 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 it's a rejected suit. episode of Baywatch Nights. All they did is they put him in a in an eye patch. It is. It is. What was what was better? What was the Baywatch that started to deal with the occult? Was Baywatch that the, Nights? That was Baywatch yeah. Nights. That Baywatch was the Nights ones because that like it changed after the first yeah. season. Mm-hmm. And it all like started to become yeah. like a. So like while a, Hasselhoff was making Baywatch, so weird, he was he also started making a nighttime prime like primetime show where when he wasn't a lifeguard, he was a private eye with Angie Harmon. Yeah. It was like bad. Pulp. Okay, like it was so, so bad. We'll we'll do. We'll definitely a, get into Baywatch. Nights. Yeah, we'll definitely <laughs> do episode. a Baywatch episode. <laughs> like we need to do the entire Baywatch universe because it crosses over with so many different things, including professional wrestling. That yeah, is God. hilarious. All so right, before we get into actual continuity talk, yes. what are we drinking here, Ed? So we are starting off today by drinking Laughing Man Coffee. Uh, freshly brewed at home. I brought it here to the studio. We're having Hughes Blend. It's called Hughes Blend because Laughing Man is Hugh Jackman, Wolverine himself. This is his coffee company. It's fair trade, the whole deal. It's, it's good. It's I love whenever nice. we get into like the advertising portion of the show, which by yeah. the way, Hugh Jackman sponsor us and yeah. turns on his NPR voice. <laughs> right here, we have a 1975 <laughs> blend of... <laughs> and remember to go to canonfatherpodcast.com to get your tote bag. <laughs> We're not actually sponsored. Brought to you no. by the Melinda Gates, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Bill yeah. and Melinda Gates Foundation. We will we will set up a uh, yeah. we will set up a, a nice website with some merch and, and uh, make it available for everyone. But so not, first X Men movie, let's get into it. Yeah. So like that's the thing, right? So X Men is the pace car, right? It's worth noting X Men is the pace car. They were the one that was the experiment, and it was so successful that it launched. 20 years of dominance of of comic books mm-hmm. being the top grossing movies mm-hmm. that are out there and where everything now is almost a spinoff of a comic book movie. And unless you're doing a comic book movie here in 2020, yep. you're not really going to have a big release. It's usually either kids movies or comic book movies. And right. those are the only those things the aside from Star Wars. Right. And then Star Pixar Wars movie, is just, yeah, yeah and, and Star so Wars let's, is the other. So let's talk my first favorite fun fact about the original X-Men movie. Do okay. you guys know, I believe you both do, who was the original studio choice to play Wolverine? Uh Glenn Danzig? Glenn Danzig. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yep. Hugh Jackman at the time, you know, it, it seems silly when we think about it today. But in 2000, 99, when they were filming the movie, 
Hugh Jackman was a nobody. He was he was he was a stage actor, right? You know that's why he's done yep. so many of the greatest showman stuff right now. He's a singer and a performer. Um, nobody knew who the fuck Hugh Jackman was, and they were taking a risk on him for sure. But they wanted Glenn Den- Glenn Danzig strictly because they were they were smart on their part because they were predicting the neckbeard backlash yeah. at casting somebody who was like over five foot four yeah. to play Wolverine, who in this in the comics is historically like shorter than I am, and yeah. I'm five six, and you know, yeah. stocky, beefy guy. Because they're, yeah. they're thinking back to when people like rebelled against Michael Keaton, you know, and shit like that. So yeah. smart on their part, but obviously smarter for casting Hugh Jackman and saying, you know, who cares if he's a foot taller than he's supposed to be? Yeah. Because Hugh Jackman obviously is one of those, you know, Robert Downey Jr., the just perfection in the role. There's no other person that can play that role as good as he does. Well, that's a great point. And I really think that that Wolverine at because he's been in so many of the movies, he was really the linchpin of this entire saga, right? He's really the linchpin of the entire X-Men universe. I can't wait for my unpopular opinion about this. So, because, I mean, Wolverine, he's in every movie and he's the the one that's there and he's the one that doesn't age so that when you can do the time traveling storylines, you know, you're you're able to do it and you you can use it with Wolverine and it makes it much more, you know, believable and realistic. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, I mean, because of how good he did, because of his casting, right, it's almost hard now. Like, can you imagine an X-Men movie without a Wolverine character? You just can't do it. Well, they tried to they, they tried to imagine it in Apocalypse, <laughs> and that's how he ended up with a 30-minute cameo that was visually cool, but had, did nothing for the story and made a worse and, movie and, even worse. And we'll get there. And, <laughs> and his helmet, oh my God, I hate well, it. They had an opportunity. very comic accurate. very comic though. accurate. Ah, the helmet was not. They had an opportunity to do a very comic, comic accurate, accurate helmet and they didn't. And like, whatever. But that's just nitpicking. That I, scene is the only good scene in that entire Can movie. I give my first unpopular opinion about yeah. the X-Men franchise? All right. Go for it. Go for it. X-Men and X2, fantastic movies, still hold up to this day. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will argue that X-Men is better than X2, but that's a whole different thing. Gotcha. Wow. Wolverine ruins X2. Because of the because how, how they explained the what? No, because X, X2 and no, because X2 is the Wolverine show. He's the only character that has big fight scenes. They're both awesome. He has the big fight scene in the mansion. He's the only fucking person that does anything. He has the big fight scene against Lady Deathstrike, which is a wasted character, by the way. Every other character, with the exception of Nightcrawler's amazing intro scene, yeah. is literally tossed to the side. C- Cyclops is taken out in Act 1. You don't see him until Act 3 when he has that bullshit fight with Jean Grey. Everybody else is tossed to the side. Wolverine is the only character that does anything important in X2. Mystique. Mystique is awesome in X2. She is absolutely incredible. Well, like that's because she's... she grew up with uh, Professor X. Well, right. Don't even get started on that yet. <laughs> but Wolver- X2 is the Wolverine show. And it, it, yeah. It's not a bad movie. By no means it is a bad movie. But they in X2, they start to go down this path of the Wolverine show. And that's why we get the kind of shit that we got in Apocalypse, you know, and, and stuff like that, where it doesn't necessarily make sense. So for I, years, years, let's 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 talk about something. But for years, X2 was the best comic book movie put to screen. OK, before there was, you know, even like even with Spider-Man that came out, you know, relatively Spider-Man close. Yeah, yeah, Spider-Man 2. Yeah. I mean, they, they were absolutely neck and neck. But like X-Men 2 was an absolutely phenomenal movie. And it was OK that it was the Wolverine show because Wolverine was literally the best character in that movie. Like I hated Cyclops. Like Jean Grey and Femke Jensen was was good. I actually liked her as Jean Grey. Right. But like a lot of the other characters, like they just kind of fell flat. Like except for Patrick Stewart as as 
So here's my even other- even Ian McClellan, Ian McClellan. Like, I love him. He's an amazing actor. But I really didn't. I thought he was far too old, even when like when it first came out to play Magneto. Well, they were, like, they were, very, they were really the pushing thing. the Nazi thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, the camp. But so yeah. here's my other argument. My other side of the argument. Do you know why all those other characters feel so flat, at least in X1 and X2? Why is that? Because Wolverine and Magneto and Professor X, for the most part, they're the only ones that really get to display their powers in the first two movies. Yeah. Like right. Storm in particular, right? Storm shoots what, yeah. two lightning bolts, floats a little <laughs> bit in the first one, and in the second one, she, she uses she some, some tornadoes, yeah, right? Some Put some fog in, yeah. right? But then when you fast forward yeah, to X3... That, what are you talking about? The whole scene? No, wait, dude, wait, 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 wait. No, no. X2. Pyro has an awesome scene in X2 where he's blowing up the cop cars. Storm has an awesome scene where she's creating tornadoes and taking out airplanes, right? You've got the whole scene at the end with Jean Grey, right, where she's stopping the water from flowing. You've got Mystique going everywhere. How can you say Wolverine is the only person that has any action? Because he does it so much. He's the only one that he does it so much more than everybody else. Yeah, okay. And the scenes are so much longer. The others are there. But he overshadows them in so many ways. Like, look at it. Watch when you watch Infinity War, as an example, every single fucking character, with the exception of like maybe Drax, has like a critically important part to play in their action yes. scenes. Yes. Okay. Right. You're, you're quoting the greatest crossover movie I'm of just, all time. But here, yes. But here's, but here's where I'm going with this. Here's where I'm going with this. X3 gets way more shit than it deserves because in X3, in the first like half hour of the movie, you've got Storm blasting people with lightning, doing that cool spin move where she bitch smacks people with fucking tornadoes. Wolverine's literally stabbing people. Beast is tossing bodies everywhere, clawing people's faces off. Colossus is just like Iceman actually fully ices up. Like people actually use their powers in X3. Yeah, I'm going to have to 100% agree agree with you um but we'll, let's 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 take it a step back because we're going to get there so let's <laughs> let's do this piece by piece so when we're talking about the timelines because let's yes. just talk about chron- chronology right so in terms of like the movies that were made you had x1 you had x-men x2 x-men the last stand and then it was wolverine origins and there was supposed Correct. to be a whole x-men origins like there was there x-men origins, Wolver- origins right, right. there was, was gonna be plan. yeah there was a whole plan around it but what happened was x-men origins wolverine was so <laughs> poorly received that they scrapped that whole thing and they took the idea behind magneto origins x-men origins magneto right. and they uh, that is what essentially became first class, first class yep. so and then they like kind of retconned and then they they kind of realized, oh, wait, we didn't pay attention to continuity in what we had talked about literally in the first movie. And so they had to they had to retcon the whole thing with Days of Future Past, which that, in my opinion, Days of Future Past is the best X-Men movie Hands down. Disagree. Hand, hands down. I actually agree with Anthony. I think it is the best movie. I think Deadpool is very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it, but it's not. But it's, it's not. It's very. It's it's cartoony. It's yeah. it's it's slapstick. It's it's way outside of continuity and outside of the regular Before we universe. get into that argument and about why First Class is the best X-Men movie, <laughs> let's talk back to continuity. So the first three X-Men movies, X-Men, X2, and The Last Stand, they have a very clear cut Linear yep. continuity. Nice, yep. clean, the only, yeah. the only like real blip in the continuity there 
in my opinion at least, is, and it's like the smallest little thing. In X2, the scene where Mystique is given the, is drugging the uh, security guard, right, that watches yes. Magneto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the background on the TV, Dr. Henry McCoy. Right, Henry McCoy. Very clearly a white guy, human. Yeah. X3, and $2 blue, chips and salsa. blue beast. Blue right. beast. And they make it very clear in X3 that he's been blue beast for a very long time. So that's a little bit of a, you know, again, very minor. But the continuity across the first three, Pretty solid. It, it it holds up. The the character development that you get across all three movies, it, it sticks with you. You see a clear evolution of characters like Wolverine and like, you know, even Cyclops until he gets fucking smoked in the end because he decided to do Superman Returns. And yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the true tragedy of the first trilogy. Yeah. Is that when Brian Singer left to go do Superman, we got a bad Superman movie. And we got a worse X Men. movie. He ruined both. He right. ruined like, it's, both. It's, it's, it's and then he impressive. came back to X Men and ruined two more movies. But he is—he is the reason we got Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. I think without yeah. his involvement, yeah. right? So I, I think with everything with Brian Singer, like he—he—he he, he doesn't go halfway. He does terrible things or great things. Yeah. It's very—it's very true. <laughs> yeah, in, in both his personal yeah. life and, and like, his professional. Yeah. Life. And, and there's there's plenty of movies that he's done that are just absolutely incredible movies like mm-hmm. like the the uh, movie Apt Pupil that he did with Ian McClellan that's an, an a, like an absolutely phenomenal movie yeah. right and i mean he's he's done so many other things but it's just you know when it when it usual came to suspects is yeah phenomenal. usual suspects yeah. as well that's right. and and very kind of very comic book esque yep. right like I always kind of imagine the scene of, of where you don't see Kaiser Sose's face in the beginning of the movie <laughs> that, where he's wearing kind of like the top hat I yep. always kind of imagine it being like if he walked two feet forward it would have been the Joker that's there like that's a very right. Joker scene you know ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight well I, I forget what it was I think it might have been uh, the Infinite Crisis storyline where uh, Joker comes in and he kills Alexander Luther and Lex Luther is there. And he's like, he's like, yeah, you made one mistake when you were creating your team of supervillains. You didn't let the Joker play. Yeah, oh, and the Joker <laughs> shoots him in the face with acid. Scenes. Yeah. I mean, that's literally like that's that scene out yep. of out of usual su- suspects. Is the right? trailer for the original X-Men. We got up here. Yeah. It's so great. Oh, Sabretooth. Man. Yeah. So well, and, and, and get, like get, seeing Sabretooth. That is when X-Men Origins Wolverine, that is one of the first times that we really start getting all types of retcons, all types of continuity problems. Because Sabretooth in the first X-Men movie... Looks very cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Utterly wasted character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Utterly he wasted says because it completely ignores things, yeah. completely ignores the Wolverine connection. Just completely so, gone. But here's the problem, right? Is because Wolverine was one of the most secretive characters in all of of like X-Men history, right? Right. Right. right because you didn't know his background, and that was the thing. You just he never you never knew his name. You never knew his origin. You never even saw him without a fucking mask on. And it was I, I don't know if it was either right before or it was right after the X-Men movie came out that then Wolverine Origins came out. And no, then, Wolverine Origins didn't come out until like 2009, I think, right? Yeah, but oh, you know, mean the comic book. The comic book. Sorry, yeah, no, no, yeah, they yeah. had already they had they had long established though the connection between Sabretooth and Wolverine. No, they never they never mentioned that Sabretooth was his brother until until Wolverine Origins. Oh, you're talking that kind of retcon. Yeah. There's a lot well, of like, different well, and the whole the whole James Howlett thing. Instead right, of his yeah. name being Logan, right, his right. name is actually James Howlett. Yeah. Like the whole beginning. So like that's the thing. Like X-Men Origins Wolverine gets a lot of bad rap. Right. right? And it it really does become a terrible movie. But the first half of the movie, all the way up until he gets Oh, it starts out great. It, 
until yeah. he gets the adamantium, mm-hmm. it's actually a phenomenal movie. It's I really, really, really good. And it, has, it does a really good job of, of that X-Men origins, yeah. that Wolverine origins comic book and telling that original story of how like he's much older than people think yep. that he was actually around during. He fought not only in the Civil War, but in World War One, World War Two, in the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. just kind of showing like how wild it's been right for him and how many wars he's been yeah. like that, like that whole beginning montage that they did like that was great it was so well done and then you yeah. you find out that like the reason that Sabretooth hates him is because like he was the brother that always got the attention because like he was like the bastard brother like of like the lawn gardener and the rich wife you know and yeah. it's just it was just really really like and then you see him and he's like when he was a kid he was really really sick and then that's what manifested into his healing ability right like so good but doesn't doesn't make sense with well, any of exactly, the timelines yeah. that they established it's exactly what you want to see when you first get introduced to Wolverine and X-Men you know uh so they're they're he's on the bed and they're doing their medical tests and when Jean Grey says, you know, he could be older than you, Professor. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and of course, you know, there's this big mystery about, uh, you know, how he lost his memory and all that. They do a good job of doing that, although the gunshots in the head like... Yeah, Wait, what stupid. gunshots in the head? Oh, in Wolverine. Origins. That is that that Wolverine. is how he gets shot in the head with adamantium bullet. Oh, the adamantium bullet, and, and that, that is how he loses. Yeah, anything, anything that happens, and then oh, oh God, after, I mean, oh, and then at the end, that out of my memory it was so fucking. And then mad. and then here's oh. a continuity thing: you see a walking Professor X who doesn't look that different from the X. Yeah, so that's well, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so and you have Cyclops, and if they try to shoehorn in like all these things, but the problem yeah, is once the White they Queen do, is there for like a second. Yeah, but once all, they yeah. do, that, it is cool. That it is the same actress though. Wait, it's actually is it, it Wolverine Origins has uh the same actress that played her in first class? Correct. Are you sure about that? Yes, 100%. I'm look that up right yeah, now. Yeah, it's I, um, I believe that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she she has the the appearance yeah, in yeah. as he's, White he's Queen. Pull it up. Yeah. She has the appearance of, as White Queen in X-Men Origins Wolverine just for like 2 seconds at the end and she's which doesn't make any sense because White Queen was older. Well, we're not we're not even there yet. We're still in the yeah, we're <laughs> in, not there yet. Remember, the 1960s. remember, Wolverine Origins is still trying to fit in the original continuity. Right. And in one single movie, like you just said, they completely fuck the entire continuity of the first and, and movie. And first class exists to almost wipe away Wolverine. It's just like, right. like, like, okay, that was a path that didn't go anywhere. So they start a new path. So, well, and I don't it's mind like a different prequel. I, I want to address something you brought up. Cause I don't mind the professor Xavier walking at the end scene, right? Because, um, I think it's an astral projection. I think it's, I think it's a, his, I think it's his mental power. He's not actually there. I think and it's walking. Bad CGI. No, I think he's, I think he's <laughs> he does not look, actually his face there. Is like smooth down. They, 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 they try to do like, the X-Men three so thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, but yeah. in X-Men, Three, it looks it good. Looks really good. In Wolverine it Origins, it looks like it looks like he's wearing like a skin suit of fucking Patrick Stewart. It's yeah. so unsettling looking. Like I just don't. Oh, it's not. Yeah, not I mean, I, I I liked but then, it, which which also you know, yeah, it's bad CGI. So then that yeah. even fits more because it's an astral projection. Remember his claws. Remember his claws. Oh. How they, they they went away from the physical claws and made them fully CGI. Yes. I'll never forget cringing so much when he's in the bathroom and he's like grinding his claws. Oh, and, and the, the farmer, sparks. The sparks are coming <laughs> off them, and I'm just like, or, what is he? Doesn't how? he like sneeze or something? And he breaks. Yeah, the and he sink. like breaks the sink. I'm like, <laughs> how? 
can you go from a movie, you know, X-Men and X2 10 years earlier with practical effects that look so much better and just I just I, I couldn't I couldn't get over. It. I couldn't look away. It's one of the yeah. things. It's one of those things that's like normally little things like that are easy to overlook. That was so bad it takes you out of the movie. Yeah, I I agree. So what I'm liking yeah, we're, we're uh, above us here on the big board is uh, Ming is currently proving Anthony wrong. Uh, I knew it. A- after Anthony said 100. percent Yeah, I knew it wasn't. <laughs> I knew it That's was not, not White Queen. No, this is the White Queen from Wolverine Origins, right, Ming? Yeah, yeah. Emma Frost. We're talking about the same character, right? Yeah, or, Emma Frost. Or are you misspeaking? No, Emma Frost. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking the, about the chick that turns into diamond yeah, at the end. Exactly. Yeah, Kayla's sister, Emma. There you go. Interesting, because in because in first reason, class it was Jennifer. Uh, no, what's her what's her name? The, no, from Mad Men. Mad Men. Uh, yeah, because she wasn't a big actress until they did first class. Uh, right, that would be January Jones. January, January Jones. Jones. Thank yeah. you. I was like, I know she's not she's not a very good actress. So Wolverine Origins completely fucks the timeline in so many different ways, um, but it does give us Deadpool. It does give us Deadpool. And unfortunately, well, I mean, not unfortunately now, but it's it became, you know, what, an almost 10 year long uh, slug to get Deadpool as Ryan Reynolds back on screen. Yeah. And he yeah. was one of the like, you know, like, like you said, the first first act, first act and a half of Wolverine Origins is fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's the first the, is the, great. The, yeah. the pre closing up his mouth, which yeah. is the worst thing. Oh, like, God, it's so and, and that's the other thing is like, I don't I don't like based on the character's powers and everything else. Like the only person that calls him Wade is Logan. And he calls him at, at one point. Yeah. Like, just for like he's like Wade and he's just kind of question marks. It's obviously that's not Wade Wills. That's not Deadpool. That, that at the end of the movie, it's mimic. It's obviously very mimic. He has mimic's powers. But it was Ryan Reynolds, though, so it's it's hard to overlook that. Yeah, you, yeah, but you, it's mimic. Mimic can shape. I mean, I agree it, with you. Mimic. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, it, but it, in the movie, it's meant, though, to, it be was meant to be Deadpool because they don't explain Whatever. mimic. They it's don't one of the reasons why it yeah. sucks so bad. And he's got like no, the Baraka. Fucking blades yes, that come out, I know. you know, because the, like, they're, they're the katanas. Oh god, exactly. So yes. Yeah. Can, can you think of a worse way to adapt Deadpool than to? <laughs> so, so if you think about Deadpool, what is his best characteristic? It is him breaking the third, the fourth wall, yeah. rather, and yes. being hilarious, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So, exactly. So they adapt Deadpool. They give us a little bit of that joking and kind of, you know, he doesn't break the fourth wall, but he does joke a little bit in the intro. Yep. And then they take away him talking. Mm-hmm. It's like let's have a Batman without money, yep. like. <laughs> Let's have Batman, but he's poor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Although that would be let, hel- that would let, be kind of let, hilarious. Let's have Sherlock Holmes, but he's terrible at solving. Yeah, but he's mysteries. an idiot. <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> and, but I think to celebrate the introduction of Deadpool to yes. the X Men universe, we're going to go with drink number two. Yeah. So for those of you who are playing along at home shake it into the and, glass. and drinking along at home, today we are having uh, aviation gin. Right. It is Aviation American <laughs> Gin. This is batch distilled. This is actually the Ryan Reynolds uh, brand mm-hmm. of, of gin. It seems like it's like the real trendy thing to do now. Like if you're a super duper celebrity, just slap your name on a bottle of alcohol. Well, dude, I, told you, I told you we're going to do a whole episode where we just drink celebrity alcohol, you know, because you've got the, the <laughs> Rock has got his tequila. George Clooney's got his own tequila. You got the yeah. Aviation Gin. Dan Aykroyd's got the uh, Crystal Skull, the Crystal Skull Vodka. Vodka. There's right. a few other ones that I'm, I'm 
the names are escaping me right now. Which but like, Dan Aykroyd was the first, right? The Crystal Skull Vodka, I think, was really like, or, or like probably the, not the first. Like the ever, first but that like, I can think of. But he's, I mean, in he, the modern age, yeah, in the modern age, like, and because like he put a lot of himself into that, right? Like I remember seeing like advertisements and commercials and stuff like that with Dan Aykroyd and like him describing like the way it's distilled and how it's so much cleaner and how it's so much better and it's a better, you know, kind of like a higher quality vodka that it, that it was there and like he put a lot of himself into it whereas i think that some other people just kind of slap their name on it <laughs> like obviously like uh, the rock always obviously gives the rock himself, did not do uh, that no, he, he always gives 110 yeah. percent, and everything he touches turns to gold because his freaking but, tequila is amazing but like i mean with hugh jackman like did he come up with this blend or did he just taste it and was like hey that's pretty good yeah you can put my name on that in his actual australian <laughs> accent or whatever it is so yeah. we are ed is mixing the Mixing the gin and tonic as we speak. Yeah. Anybody have a Did bottle opener? I just realized wine? I don't have a bottle opener for Obvious, our, obviously. Our, our tonic. Scene. Oh, obviously. look at this. Ming, coming through. Ming, Ming is coming through in every way today. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, when does he not? <laughs> so so moving on, right, just to kind of talking about, you know, the, the movies. We then go from Wolverine Origins to the next movie that was made was Wolverine, the, the actual Wolverine movie, right? So yep. you have Wolverine in Japan. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love, I love the sound. it so much. So Wolverine in Japan. And I actually very much liked this movie. But again, in terms of continuity, it kind of messes things up because in uh well 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 hear hear me out because in X-Men Origins Wolverine, which right. is supposed to be, you know, a prequel to this, right? The the one that comes before, you know, everything else, and it's supposed to be in the same timeline. Yep. Um in in Wolverine, they show him in Japan right. when the bomb drops, but they show him in uh, Europe storming the beaches of Normandy, which right. literally happens like a year before. Right. Right. So it's just in that time, there's no way that a soldier, right, would have gone from from Germany yeah. to Japan in a year's time. Like it just never would have happened. This is what I love about movies like this, the X-Men movies, is that you're totally accepting the immortal being (laughs) (laughs) with the bone claws fighting in four American wars. But your problem is that him going from the Pacific to the European theater, just that's not not the way the troop movements worked in World War II. But they're a black ops agency, so then it makes sense. Like, okay, and then... But here's an even even bigger problem with continuity. So at the the end of so the, so one of the big connecting elements of the Wolverine and the original X-Men trilogy is the appearance of Jean Grey. She's obviously a ghost. He's seeing him in her head, you know, and she she appears a lot in that movie. Um, they even show you a flashback to the events of X3. The reason for me, at least, why the continuity gets fucked here more. It's not even because of that. It's because at the end of X3. Right. The final scene of X3, um, not the not the Magneto getting his powers back scene. The final scene of X3 is uh, the remaining X-Men, Wolverine and Storm Beast, basically, coming back to the mansion. And there's just kids everywhere. It's a happy ending. They're welcoming back the kids. Yeah. You know, Beast is working with the United Nations. Wolverine yeah. is there. He's smiling. Yeah. He's yeah. happy. Now, the events of the Wolverine open where Wolverine is like this derelict drifter in the Canadian yeah, wilderness. He's a recluse. D- the recluse. So yeah. and they literally never explain why I mean they, they they hint at the fact that he's you know broken up over the fact that he just you know that he murdered, murdered Gene, Gene or whatever. Right. But the ending of X3 does not 
indicate that at all. No. So, and it's made very clear in the Wolverine that the X Men have like sort of disbanded, but like not really. So again, so for me, that's what fucks the continuity more because it's meant to take place after the events of X three, and the events of X three are clearly referenced. But again, at the end of X three, it's a big happy ending, happy go lucky. Everybody's excited. The X Men are yeah. back. The school is open, and now all of a sudden he's like a fucking drunk recluse in the wilderness of Canada who's not bathing. Like, well, I mean, it's obvious that the the mental pressure of killing the woman that he was head over heels in love with. Oh yeah, very obvious. Uh, I mean, it's obvious. No, so. very clear. Yeah, but, but to be honest, this is something that would take time. This is time. a big line. You know, and I, That's so what like, she said. Do you have ice? Yeah. Uh, well, we have ice, and we we, had, we iced it over it. Okay. Yeah. Right, good. We started with the ice. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. Like, what is this? Just demanding well, 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 everything. What am I, what am I, I stirred it. I, I didn't want like a warm, iceless drink. What am I a savage? Okay, well, All right, we'll you just edit saw this me part stirred anyway. in the ice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't want to water it down. I'm just fucking I mean, with you. Because we're because we're men here, so I'm making a man's drink. Yeah. Thank I, you. I, just I, fucking I, you know. with you. But uh, we have more tonic water and more uh, gin here. If you guys want to mix it up a little bit. Cheers, gentlemen, to Ryan Reynolds. To Ryan Reynolds. You know, I actually haven't tried his gin yet, so let's see. We got. Mm. Holy shit! It's fucking good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really good. Wow, way to go, Deadpool. Yeah, way to go. Uh, also, sponsor us. Oh yeah, <laughs> feel free to just throw a couple bucks towards the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll make gin and tonics every episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will only drink gin <laughs> because and only your gin. If because you sponsor every universe has a moment where you need a stiff drink, and we are at that moment. Yeah, in because, the because, because now the continuity to, is really going off the rails, starting to go downhill. Really going. Now, off there were the some rails. great things to like about the Wolverine, uh, and there was a lot to. Not like. It's the it's the so the Wolverine is the inverse of Wolverine Origins. Yes, Wolverine Origins starts awesome, finishes terribly. The Wolverine, uh, I'm sorry, other, other way around. Uh, yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it's not it's the inverse. The it's the same thing. I, yeah, I so it's the same, same very thing. same. The yeah. Wolverine, yeah, starts great, and to be fair, is great for longer. Yeah, it, it, it's really just the final act. Yeah, that the, the movie final falls fights, apart. The, the final fight scene, right? especially when like, he loses his claws, it's like, why uh, do that? Because it makes it well, so he loses hard. the adamantium. Well, well, he well, so his, the yeah. adamantium gets cut off, right? And then you and the see him at the end, under, yeah, yeah. You see him at the end with the bone claws, right? Right, and so which, like, uh, which makes sense. No, it makes zero sense because then he has to get the the adamantium back into his body for Days of Future Past. No, that's not even why it no. doesn't make any sense. It makes no sense because he, um, he. It's very one of the things that's made very clear across all the movies is that his entire skeleton is covered in adamantium. Yeah, right. we see the single, process happening right. where he's injected. Yeah. It. We we, right. we see actual diagrams. Right. It's very clear there that is it's not all a, over his body. There is not a single bone in his body that is not covered in ant- an adamantium. Correct. So where the fuck are those bone claws coming from after they get chopped off? His healing ability. Mm, so really so that. the bone spurs I totally buy that yeah, I mean you, 100% during, that's during why the, he's yeah. able okay, to right, regenerate right, fair, the claws fair, fair. and not and, it, and that's off, yeah. Yeah, yeah during yeah, the world war II scene we yeah. see chunks of his skin being torn off and yeah. he still is able to that's to, fair well obviously yeah. that yeah. Yeah. Okay, well it's just a stupid fucking scene okay whatever <laughs> fuck you guys oh no it's still stupid but just not for that reason so so after the wolverine comes x-men first class right because then that's that's when it was made that's yeah no um X-Men First Class was 2011. Oh, okay. The Wolverine was 2013. Okay, so X-Men First Class came first. here's where you get into some some little issues. So, of course, he was in 
so Wolverine, who's mm-hmm. the, who's the linchpin of this whole thing, he mm-hmm. had a great cameo in First Class. Right, it's perfect, and it you know, works. Yeah, PG thirteen, you can have yeah. one yeah. curse one word. F-bomb. They use the they use the F bomb yeah, perfectly. It's it's I mean it's such just like it's it's just real wank stuff for fans. Yeah, you and know? what's great just, is, is and of course delicious. he's in a bar yeah. and he's smoking a cigar and he's yeah, like, Fuck and, off. and that whole scene where they're going around and like it's an amazing you know, scene. Yeah, where where they pick up Pixie, they get they get you know Darwin and everything, which. Very blues brothers. We're getting the band back together. Even though- yeah. And then yeah. like you have Havoc and everything else, which I didn't really like the way that they did Havoc, although I was happy that what? they brought him back. I didn't like the way they did Havoc. Why? Yeah. Why? Because he shot from his chest instead of his hands? No, just like his whole personality. Um, like I just didn't, you he know. He was a kid. I like the chest thing though, because everybody uses their hands. Like, yeah. like if I'm sure if you're well, on the- set for the X-Men movies, it's just, you know. 12 hours a day of people waving their hands. Yeah. So like, well, and it works because they explain it. They explain it with a yeah, harness to yeah. harness and I, power. And I, like, and I love the outfits both in, in yeah. first class. And I love the outfits in, in, um, Days of Future uh, Past. No, uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, yeah, Dark Phoenix. The, yeah, the X Men. Those, those are some of my but, favorite. But first class is a good Grant start. First yeah. class, first class was were th- those were the best outfits yet. Yeah, by like, far. Like, and they, yeah. they did, and that's that's they what were first, more they were they were realistic, but also comic accurate. Th- and that's first class yep. best. Um, aspect is the visuals the whole time like the 60s spy mm-hmm. thing the the sets first the class is the best X-Men movie music, first the, class is the best X-Men so movie but <sighs> hands down I, racist I think <laughs> go on the only X-Men to die is Darwin who's literally supposed to adapt to any environment why can't he adapt to explosions in his body like why does that kill him like he's supposed to adapt to everything he's literally that's literally the character and he's also the only black character in the movie and they murder him first and foremost right so like well it is set in the 60s in america so that's not yeah. too surprising <laughs> that is that is far from a reason to not rank this movie as the best x-men movie false it is it, is it, it by has far the, by far the, the most character development in a single movie across all the characters it like you said the visuals are next level just in terms of how the powers the look black how the costumes like done the, the, the blackbird oh, is an actual yeah. magneto's helmet the, the helmet oh. you find helmet. Out and the explanation gets, of the helmet where the explanation of the and helmet even, even at the end dude, when it looks different even, that was cool dude even kevin bacon puts on a fucking all-star yeah, performance like, really when i saw good. that kevin bacon was sebastian shaw i was like ew i was like that's just a terrible casting he's great he killed it january jones was the worst part of that movie because she's just so she she straight up can't act but even her lack of acting did not take away from the movie for me everything about that movie is like perfect from an x-men perspective and yes it so this is where everything is just gets completely reset they just ignore everything else they don't even attempt to try to fit it into future continuity exactly we we start getting all types of issues Uh, what? Which is fine. It was meant to be a reboot. It wasn't yeah. meant to fit into the original continuity. No, because no. like that's the thing. They didn't like they didn't realize when they first made the first movie that they were going to have a franchise. Yeah, they were thinking, okay, maybe we're going to make a movie. Maybe we'll get a sequel because like. That's all that had ever been made. There hadn't been a franchise of right. 15 different movies made around. Like, that just didn't exist. Yeah. And the whole movie was meant to be a reboot of the franchise because, again, you know, they had finished the trilogy, right? Wolverine had his own movies going on, so he could right. exist, no problem. But they wanted to keep on using the X-Men franchise. And as you guys know, you know, in the first – across the first three movies, we see, what, maybe 12 different X-Men? There's yeah. been, like, 500 X-Men, great X-Men that were not – they have the rights to all of them. they have the rights. 
homage yeah. to all of them. So, of yeah. course, why not make a new fucking movie, easy retcon, and have it take place in the 60s? And it worked. It was so and, good. And, and figure out how, like, okay, hey, we want a Nightcrawler character. Oh, wait, let's use his father, Azazel, and right. let's put him in there. And now you, you've got more of, like, you've got a red Nightcrawler, and you're like, oh, this is right. interesting. You, you still got that cool teleportation. And Dude, Azazel, Azazel was, was awesome. He was so cool. Yeah, he, he was, was underused. So you know, he, cool. he he's he's that type of like trope of the like sidekick who doesn't talk. Yeah. Like he was like odd job. Yeah, yeah, he was like odd job. But <laughs> and but here's what I want to get into with first class is I love the relationship between Raven and yes. Professor X. Yes. I yeah. love that story. I, I think I think through th- when it comes to this new world, it's not a trilogy, they end up making four of the of the first class movies. But for this new set it's great, but the problem is, I think that's the wrong character. A hundred. I was I was waiting so, for you to finish. Yeah. I hundred percent agree. That could be you. There are a laundry list of mutants who yep. could have filled in that role. Yep. I understand why they did it for two reasons. You know, her visual. You know, her being blue makes her much more of a ostracized um, mm-hmm. mutant, mm-hmm. and then it's a character we had seen before. And it's kind of great that we know the character is going to be a villain. So, like, even though she doesn't end up being a villain in this new timeline, right? You know, it, it makes their relationship from the very beginning have a sort of like haunting, you know, dread to it because you know it's, you know she's going to become a villain. So, so you're so you don't like how much you're liking her. Here's here's the here's the other thing with the, with this whole series. We haven't mentioned how at the heart of the X Men movies, and this is when the movies work the best outside of like an action point of view is. X-Men is the best fictional um, adaptation of the civil rights era. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and we should mention right off the bat that in many ways, Professor X is Dr. Martin Luther King. He is the he is the more nuanced, you know, white person establishment friendly face for mutant rights. Right. Whereas Malcolm X is represented in uh, Magneto. Magneto. Yeah. And, I and th- because he is the more militant, like, you know, it's, there's a reason why you like the brotherhood of mutants. Like, like that just, that just sounds like, you know, like this is something, you know, Malcolm X would talk about the brotherhood. There's a yeah. reason for these names and for, and for that visual. And, and it was also dealing with, especially with X2, very much with the LGBT community, right? Because all of a sudden at the turn of the century, it was becoming a lot more accepted, you know, just socially and everything like that. And we were realizing sort of the errors of our thinking and the errors of our ways and really starting to change society to become more accepting. And it was adapted into this almost just one great line in X2 when you've got you've got Iceman and he's sitting there with his parents and his mom looks over at him and just goes, have you tried not being a mutant, <laughs> like a great I can't. I can't imagine how many LGBT like children or or young yeah. people like when they saw that movie was like, oh my gosh, this is the exact conversation that yeah. I had yeah. with my parents. Like, have you tried not being gay? And uh, that's one of the reasons why like, X three is so no. good because they carry that over into X three with the whole cure storyline. Yes, I you mean know, that's yeah. like gay the, conversion, right? Therapy, yeah, that the type dark, stuff. Right. Yeah. Dark Phoenix is what ruins X three. If you take out Dark Phoenix, X three is a very good movie, I mean, but it's a great storyline. I and I don't even think that Dark Phoenix. I think they did it better in X-Men three than in, in dark Phoenix. Right. So, so let's, let's continue like just kind of bringing up the movies before we go into really analytical discussions. Right. The last place we were is how the Wolverine, 
right which takes place after for which well, takes filmed, place first class filmed, after first right. class and and was filmed after first class so this is so while but you can't ma- say it takes place after because we are now in two separate timelines yeah, not, these are yeah, two different if, universes that's not how i not view it three. so so here's how i'm viewing the timeline what's happening now is um everything so if you look at the if, uh, if you look at the x-men universe Everything that happens before Wolverine goes back in time in Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. that is all consistent with all the other series. No, disagreed. Because here's here's how I view it. So, and this is what happens. So, in the Wolverine, it ends with um, all of a sudden Professor X is back mm-hmm. to life, yeah. and he and Magneto confront Wolverine at the airport. And we even see an ad for Trask Industries mm-hmm. up on the TV. Yep. So what's yep. happening is that yep. um, off screen, somehow Professor X was able to reform his body somehow, somehow through. The- okay, stop! This is what I'm fucking talking about. No. Are you kidding me no. with this no. Emperor Palpatine bullshit? The, no, no, no. Are you it, fucking it was, kidding? What no, happens at the end of the last stand? What happens at the end of the last stand? He right. transfers his consciousness into a different body, no, into his twin brother. Oh my God! That is correct. So I am going to murder you. No, 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 I have no, never no, heard I am this one. So if it's you a terrible, no, please yeah. continue. So, Anthony. so, so show me terrible. where in the movie this happens. So if you listen to the DVD commentary on, oh X-Men here we movie. go. And if I only had the six hundred page <laughs> companion material, That's... Rise of Skywalker would have made sense. Are you hey man, fucking kidding me? I didn't write me? the movie. I'm just telling Making you how it is. Are you fucking kidding me? I am going to stab you. Wait a minute. No, seriously. If you listen to the DVD commentary, they talk about how Professor Xavier. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying this is good. I'm not saying that it, you damn well but, bet or not. <laughs> but, but that's the way that they explain it. And he transfers his consciousness into his twin brother that was apparently born uh, without mental capacity or, or like lost his mental capacities or whatever. Right? It's his twin brother, and he was able unmentioned to, twin brother, unmentioned yeah, ever. That, you, know you know what that is? You know what that is? Deus Ex Machina some, brother. <laughs> some jerk off writing the DVD commentary just read Grant Morrison's run of New X Men because. Yeah. Andra Nova, who was his twin sister that he murdered in the womb. I was like, oh yeah, no, let's just throw that in there, yeah, just in case we want to bring Professor terrible. Rex back. I think, Get the I think, fuck out. I think he goes into somebody else's body, reforms it to look like him, or he just uses reforms mental- it. Reforms it how? With his Every- telekinesis? No, Wait, he doesn't have no. telekinesis. I'm fucking aware of that. That was the point. <laughs> He's a fucking psychic. He, he has can't telepathy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he does it. It's stupid, uh, but he has to do it. Getting passionate here, ladies here's, here's and gentlemen. Here's the thing, too. It can't be his brother because that would be his character character's motivation for everything like sure. if, if he had a twin brother with some sort of mental problems yeah. and medical issues yeah. that would be like but his driving can't... force for all types of but like motivation. Know his if you brother read existed. the DVD commentary he clearly yeah. i can't even say it out loud i can't this is if you read stupid. no but if let's, you read let's, the dust in... jacket for <laughs> for the adaptation but they never they never talk about juggernaut and yet they mentioned juggernaut as being his brother later on when in in both Deadpool and in in uh, X three, you're in a whole other universe. They never mention it in X three. Okay. I am a hundred percent certain. Deadpool's oh, a whole right. other yeah, universe. Yeah. Deadpool's yeah. a whole other universe. We're not even there yet, dude. No, First Class is a different universe. Everything that happens in First Class is in no way related to the original three movies and Wolverine and uh, the Wolverine and Wolverine Origins. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, it's very clear because in the first X Men movie, uh, Patrick Stewart says that he met. 
uh, he met Eric Lencher when he was 17 years old. Exactly. With, and, and, he, and he helped build Cerebro, which he eventually right. does. He in, does in that in first class. Yeah. Right. And if but you they get did real, not meet when they were 17 right. years old. But then how do we get real deep into it? Do you mean to tell me that the character development, the relationship between Raven and Professor X that we see in first class, that love that those two had, the brotherly, yes. sisterly love, you mean to then tell me 40 years later in X1, Raven is going to go into Cerebro, put that green fucking goo in Cerebro that she knows is going to almost kill Charles Xavier in there. She's yes. going to do that? Yes, because... That fits for her character. Well, yes, it does. It does. If you go by the original storyline where she committed murder yeah. and, com- and killed... Boulevard Trask. What original fucking storyline? So no, they, no, no, no. Th- there are two timelines. Yeah, Here's the thing. Yeah, there yeah. are two timelines. And they are separate. No, right, it's divergent. On, it's divergent. Yeah. yeah. You're not understanding this. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. Here's so I almost feel like I gotta be like Doc Brown writing on, on yeah, the board here. We need the whiteboard. But but, but, but here, <laughs> let, let, let me explain it out um in an audible way. So yeah. we got X-Men, we got X2, right? We have X3. Right. One, two, three, one timeline. Yep. Right? Very, very, but they very all, clear. you know, and they mostly all exist in the future with a couple flashbacks. Right. right. Now. And you could even throw the Wolverine in there because now, he talks about the, the aftermath yes. of X. So, so, so the Wolverine right. and X-Men Origins Wolverine, they all exist right. in this timeline. Correct. Now, what happens though, as these, so X-Men First Class is a prequel to those movies. So it exists Correct. in that timeline. And, and it, now, when, when does it take place? 1967? I guess it's, it's, it's it's whenever 60, the Cuban Missile Crisis it, no, no, was. It's, yeah. it's, it's or the early 60s. It's 60, right. It's uh, 62, I think, because it can't be um, – because Kennedy's oh, right. still alive and Kennedy is killed. Hey, Google. In between. When was the Cuban Missile Crisis? Yeah, well, and in and Magneto was supposed to have killed JFK. 1962. Great. Okay, yeah, so, so 1962. All right, so, so here's what right. happened. And then, then 74 is when the Bolivar Trask right. incident happened. Now, here's what happened. So at the end of the Wolverine, after um, Wolverine just has now the bone claws. Right. And right. this is after. So well, Gene one Gray, set of bone claws. The yeah. other set should still be normal. Sure. You no, know, he got them both chopped he got off. Both, Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. But Jean Grey is yeah, dead. Which, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I remember one set being. <laughs> somehow Professor X has reformed in a new body and Magneto got his powers back. Right. So, so all that is happening at the very end of the Wolverine. What happens is that shortly after they meet up with him in that airport, the Sentinel program becomes much more powerful because we know right. the Sentinel program already existed in this timeline because we saw them fighting a Sentinel robot in X3. Okay, let's even pause now, let's even, pause right there. One of the best scenes in X3 and it's one of the things that more to your point Matt to say X3 is a way better movie than people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. It is the only time that we see a legitimate Sentinel like we know it in the comic books. You see it flying which is awesome such because they're scene. in it's such a good scene. You get scene. the fastball special. Yeah, you get the yeah. fastball special they're in the danger room and yeah. all of a sudden you just see the head yeah. flying yeah. out and it was Awesome. It was so cool. And to Ed so points, cool. there is absolutely zero evidence in X3 that indicates that that Sentinel head is a replicant of an actual Sentinel program. For all we know, it is just a robot designed by the training? data. Yeah, but why would you be Oh my God, because it? somebody in the writing room was like, hey, you know what's going to make fans really jerk off? If we throw a fucking yes, Sentinel yes, head in there. For no, the story, they wrote it for the story. So no, they you have did to connect, not. You have to they never mentioned this. Sentinel. They did not. You people are insane. But it doesn't, well, no, what I'm saying yeah. is that you're right. We we only see a training for fighting a sentinel. Right. But that doesn't mean that sentinels don't exist in this world. Right. Why it could would be they be training? Why, why would they be training to fight a robot that doesn't if, exist? If they've never even heard of maybe 
robots are in the ether. They've heard about it. They've tried. Why would they be training to fight a room full of spikes and lasers? Are there a lot of those hanging around? Have you seen the danger room? It's fucking spikes and lasers and shit coming out of the wall. No, and that exists but everywhere. Holographic. It's holographic. That, that's a very well. common way to, to train. But anyway. Yeah. Guys, I feel like I'm taking Dude, crazy pills here. No. How many episodes have we done where we examine exactly what we see in the movies? We make fun of DVD extras and companion material bullshit to figure out what is and is in not canon. Yeah. They never name drop the Sentinels. They even, how can you not think it's a wank off Easter egg at the beginning of that scene that says the not so distant future? It's yeah. obviously just wank stuff for fans to show you the Sentinels. There is no fucking Sentinel program in that original continuity. They are not trained to fight okay. Sentinels. But then how, how, so what is the connection for you in Days of Future Past? Because here's what I'm getting at now, and yep. I want to hear yep. your, hear your yep. answer. Yeah, so, yeah. so now after the Wolverine, we have this, you know, Wolverine is teamed up with Professor X and Magneto. They obviously get together some other people as as shit starts getting really bad and there's a civil war in the future. They end up together on that plane with Storm and they come in and they meet up with Bobby and all them, yep. right? Okay, so so that so that future we see at the beginning of Days of Future Past easily ties into the future of X3 and the Wolverine. It's clear that you go one from the next. You know, X3, all those people are dead. You don't see them again. Wolverine, you have this team starting to come together, and then they're together. So then when they go back in time from the Days of Future Past timeline, Mm -hmm. they are specifically going back to a past that is 100% connected to first class. class. Yep. So how – so. And then instantly becomes yeah. divergent because Wolverine goes right, back. Because right, because what – so the reason why in the X-Men movie that we see first in 2000, the reason why Mystique is not only a villain but doesn't care about Charles at all is because in this timeline, she kills Bolivar Trask. It's one of – and it's the first time she kills – but there's a great line, but not the last. But not the last. So, yeah, so Wolverine therefore, has, it's like, which is, it's, I mean, that is such a great throwaway yeah. line. That's, that's what we always talk about. Oh, you can just, you know, one line of dialogue can mm-hmm. make so many things better. That one line of dialogue, like, really explains what happened to that mystique character that, like, what took her from first class to being the character that we see in X-Men, the first movie, is she started to murder people. It's a which, tipping point. Right? Which, quite frankly, is a very not only traumatic experience, but will definitely alter your psyche. Yep. Right. And, and so yeah. it'll make you think it'll make you act differently. Right. So the 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 mystique that we see in in the rest of the first class movies, yep. right? Is because she didn't murder anybody. That's why she becomes the head of the X-Men. That's why, because she does stay good, because they were able to prevent that from happening. Yeah. Right. So not only did did she not changed, but like everything changed, right? right? The whole world changed because Boulevard Trask was still left alive. They they saw that, which I mean, it was kind of confusing. They saw that some some mutants weren't dangerous, but like you know, like right. it's it's like that thing. Like they they say like oh, like we license people to drive, but not to live. But yeah, you also license people to own firearms, and right? they're both, and they're both, That's right? The you know that they're both. So you need like it's one of those things where uh, you would need a mutant registration program to be able to know right. what mutants are out there. But here's but the, again, that yeah. does sound like. Very, very like Nazi esque, where you're gonna like you're gonna have a list of all of the, or even even very Star Wars esque. You're gonna have a list of all the force sensitive kids that are out there, just so that the Sith can go in and murder them all. Yep. But you here's know? the thing too. So it's 
it ties into the civil rights movement because you basically yeah. have uh, Mystique and Raven in this moment be an be, be um, a symbol of the two ways somebody can go. Does somebody have a notebook? When I don't want to like forget. <laughs> you have an iPhone in front of you. So I have an Android. You so fucker. she takes these two pathways. Oh, I'm sorry, you're poor. So now we have this nice, nice. <laughs> so we now have this divergent pathway where she didn't do the evil stuff, and that's why. That's why when we see that team of X Men again, when we get to um, Apocalypse. And more importantly, when we get to the very beginning of Dark Phoenix, yeah. that X-Men team is like, they help every, everybody knows them. It's very clear that the new X-Men team of Dark Phoenix is in a better future than the X-Men movie of 2000 because yeah. they are more accepted. They, I mean, he has a phone call with the president, all that business. I mean, they're, they're looked at as heroes, right? 100%. Which, which is really cool because they actually kind of pick up on that concept in New Mutants as well. And so there are two right. timelines and they have to be connected because I, I, I would say you go back in time. Like, so they are going back in time from the future of the X3 world. Right. They're going back in time to just a few years after First Class, which implies that First Class is a prequel, although there might be some continuity problems, just like there are problems with Alien and all this business. Yeah. Generally, it was meant to be one timeline. Matt, argue the other way. But you just said yourself that it's two timelines. That's what I'm saying. They are two separate timelines, two different universes. It's almost as if you guys have never read an X-Men comic. <laughs> how many times, how many times has Cable stopped Apocalypse from bringing on the future that Cable comes from only for Apocalypse to come back and do it again. And how many times yeah. have we learned that there are divergent timelines? No, but and yeah. what you do in the past is not necessarily impacting what happens in the future. Right. So while I agree with you, now that in Days of Future Past, it, that's what it fucking is. Yeah. When no. you, with Days of Future Past, when they go back, right, and they're very obviously in an, in a world that exists in the same timeline as First Class, right. Yeah. The way they explain Kitty's powers about how she transfers your consciousness back. This is just ignoring everything that happened in First Class, which totally fucks all that up anyway. When when you're transferring back in time, there there is no guarantee that you are going back to the exact same timeline because as we know from watching anything and any other time travel movie, every little thing you do has impacts. Even if you go back to something as simple as the opening scene of X3, where Professor X and Magneto are still working together. Yeah. In what fucking world would they still be working together, especially after the events of First Class? Them working together at the beginning of Last Stand implies that they are still friendly after the events of both First Class and Days of Future Past. That's just not happening. They're not going to be cordially going to find new students. By the way, Gene is way too young at the timeline. That's like in the fucking 80s. And in the and when you get yeah, to Apocalypse, the, the she's like 18. The ages don't match. And not to mention his body was fucking disintegrated. There is no way to explain how he gets his other body back. So, and they well, don't even so, attempt wait, 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 to explain it. We see it. him get his body back in X3, though. That, no, that, you that see, no so, he doesn't. No, he on, explodes. Yeah, he explodes and goes into a different body, right? But we which, don't see what that body looks like. Right, so is it his twin brother? Right? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me, let me explain something here, right? So what I think is the issue that, that a lot of people don't understand drink. is that <laughs> the movie The Wolverine actually takes place, especially with the end credit scene, during the transition in time. 
Right. So what we're seeing, right, you're seeing you're seeing actually two different timelines in the Wolverine. So the main story of the Wolverine, the whole movie is in the original X-Men storyline. Yes. That after credit scene that takes place, that is in the the days of future past storyline. Right. Like way later. That's, that's the point that's, I'm trying to make. There are different universes, different yeah. timelines. Remember in X1, that is, the very that first is, thing he says yeah, that is, that's that Scott and Gene and Storm were some of his first students. So what happened to Beast and Banshee and Angel and Darwin and well, Havoc? The school, well, the school closed and they weren't they, they weren't students. Well, Darwin's dead, remember? No, no, no. Remember? First off, his he, first he, students. First what the off, fuck were they? Just they jabronis? They, they were the Darwin first. Darwin died. So two things here. First off, they were a team. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't students. He, he started up the school after the events of first class. It wasn't a school yet. Mm. It wasn't a school yet. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, so now we're going to split hairs over yeah, his teaching. Hair. Course, if he's going to say first students, he probably doesn't yeah. think of people yeah, he met he before he had a school as class. students. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And here's, 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 the second, here's the second bit. I understand where you're coming from with the X-Men Days of Future Past, but it's not that they just go back in time or they go to a different reality. Right. Their actions, what they do in that past, specifically Wolverine, he then makes the future disappear. Right, which that they, can only like, like, because you see, like the well, great shots at the end. It's not that it disappears. The, that's well, that's you have to be careful because it creates a tangential, creates a new timeline. Yeah, it creates a but tangential. But then, why do we literally timeline. see a shot of they're all in that Tibetan mountain retreat, and as these sentinels are shooting and they're about to kill people? Mm-hmm. All of the sentinels and the people disappear, and that Tibetan thing is now empty. That's because their future changed. It's it's just like Back to the Future. What happens is that they go back to their past, and they create a world where now Marty McFly's dad is cool. Like that is I hate exactly time travel. that is exactly what they're doing. <laughs> but there are still divergent is, timelines. Is my no, point. It's not just yeah, now we have two, no, now we, ha- we 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 have two timelines. We have time travel is stupid. We have we, we have the. If you want to talk about chronologically, you have all the events of the Wolverine uh, Origins movie, the X Men First Class movie. Those two then lead to the to, to the events of X One, X Two, X Three, and then the Wolverine. This timeline is let's say timeline A. Then after the events of the Wolverine, we get the beginning of. Days of Future Past, which is this dark timeline, that is the terminus of timeline A, is them sending Wolverine back in time. What happens is that then they send Wolverine back in time to earlier in timeline A to right after first class. And at that moment, they create a tangent where they now have, let's say, timeline B. And this timeline B creates a new future. We see that timeline B continue in two ways. We see the immediate aftermath of timeline B in both Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix, where the events of Days of Future Past have now created this new team. We kind of can see that continue on. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then we also see the far distant future of timeline B, which is when Wolverine comes down the steps and everybody's there. Scott Summers is is, is alive. Because then what happens is that basically the events of X1, X2, and X3 Kind of happen, obviously, because they're together. Wolverine is an X-Men. All those things happen, but they happen in a very different way. So yeah. there's like this unknown, the unseen trilogy, X1, X2, X3. That is timeline B. Here's where it gets interesting. 
where does Deadpool exist in all this and where does Logan exist in all this? So that's that's yeah, that's a, that, that's a so really now, great so point. And then where working. does New Mutants? Because New Mutants right. is so the, we, the And new I one. think it's pretty clear where Deadpool exists. Well, Deadpool. Outside of everything. No. Deadpool exists in timeline B. Yeah, because remember that scene where they open their, you know, they slowly close the door. But Deadpool, Deadpool is, is you can't, you can't say that Deadpool is almost like Stanley. It's, it's almost yeah. like he is the, the no, watcher. He's the watcher. Character. <laughs> no, no, he's, he is, he, because he breaks the fourth wall so much and because that's his whole point of his character, like he's literally sitting there and they're like, oh, we're going to take you to see the professor. And he's like, oh, which one? He's like, Stuart or mm-hmm. McConaughey, you know? Yeah. He's like, it, like, it, it's like yes. a whole thing. Like he's making, like Deadpool exists outside. He's like, a you timeline can't, that's why B. Colossus is. That's yeah. why he's different. I would because say it's even timeline new, C. No, this new timeline B, right? Which happens in the 70s. This timeline B happens pre the Deadpool scene we see in X-Men Origins Wolverine. So this Deadpool doesn't do all that. He's a different dude. And so so even though the Deadpool movie is made before Days of Future Past, I'm it sorry, it's, no, no, it's, it's, it's right after. It's filmed, right after, it's yeah, filmed, filmed before. Yeah, yeah. But it's with this right in after. mind, it is this timeline B. And so this is a different version of Deadpool. It explains why even though it connects directly to the um, the movies because of the the casting of Ryan Reynolds again as Deadpool and, um, and and seeing the same house and having the whole X-Men team in Deadpool 2 as a bit of a thing, it ties in all of these differences. Why is Juggernaut different? Why is Colossus different? Because in this new timeline, they are they just look or they are different people. So okay. I agree I, that it, no, I agree that on, it's a separate answer. timeline. I but got the answer. First class does not lead into the original X Men trilogy. It simply doesn't. The timeline diverges in Days of Future. So first Correct. class is Correct. already a separate Correct. timeline. But in Days of Future Past, no. when he goes back to us, when he goes back to the past, he's going back to a different past than is in the first three X Men movies. But he's going back. You're right. He's going back to the past. That is in the first class movies, but but then if, how does if, that change his future that he came from? What is that? How does that change his future that he came from? Because time travel is fucking stupid and it's a multiverse thing. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm saying. He's coming from different areas. I'm, I'm just it, it's, like, it's like in the movies, I, I get the argument you're making, but like I'm looking at it from a comic book perspective and what we know about how time travel and multiverse shit works in comic books. None of the shit that happens in the past impacts the future in any different way. It just changes it in different diverging so, timelines. So, so then why so do we what, see well, so him hold on, disappear? Hold on one second. So yeah. I think that's that's that right there is the fallacy of your thinking, right? Because you're looking at it in the way that we know comic books to treat to treat time travel. And what you have to do is you have to understand it the way that the movie has a treat, treated time travel, because anytime you change the medium, you have to change the story. You have to change the points. You have to change, like, especially right. all the minutia. Right. So uh, so the, the point that Ed is making is that. In the past, in first class, if if Days of Future Past hadn't happened, first class would have led into the original trilogy storyline, right? What had happened, though, is that in 1974, Wolverine goes back in time, and that's what changes everything, right? And so in Days of Future Past, that's what creates the multiverse. That creates a tangential universe, right, that, that springs forth. I believe that Deadpool is a part of neither of those universes as, and in actuality is a part of the MCU, right? So well, the, 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 it might become. Well, 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 he will be soon but enough. But I think that it's very clear that it already is because in the first movie, when when they're going to the final battle where Deadpool is taking on, um, you know, those two final bad guys, whatever, yeah. right? They're on that giant ship. 
that looks exact, looks like a helicarrier. It looks exactly like a helicarrier, and that's literally what it is. It's a helicarrier. Oh, it's a helicarrier. It's a crashed sure. yeah. helicarrier, right? So I think that the the thing is, is you're looking at it as two. I would say you need to look at it as three, if not four, different things because. Where, because you had asked, okay, where does Logan come into place? Now, with the end of the Wolverine, the Wolverine, right? I do think that it is a, a different timeline, but it is not the same timeline that Wolverine goes back to at the end of Days of Future Past, right? I think it is a separate timeline. So the end of, of, uh, the Wolverine where you see, uh, well, Professor well, Xavier come back yeah. and you see Magneto come back, right? And Wolverine's got the bone claws or whatever, right? This is actually what leads into uh, Logan. It's not what leads into Days of Future Past because Days of Future Past and Logan actually should happen around the same time, right? And what you see is that it's 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 what leads into Logan. And so yes, there's this ultimate battle with Sentinels. Yes, there there are Sentinels that are there, right? But I think that because there's not only, you know, you know, this kind of alternate storyline, but right or timelines, I think that it also there's other things that may have happened, right? Because just because of like because like 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 it also kind of leads into like Wolverine's like like memory loss, right? He's got this blank period. Now all of a sudden, a different consciousness comes into his body, and like what happens to Wolverine? Because obviously now it's very different than yep. like what he had had before, right? Right. And so I think that that scene, which explains the fact of why you're like, oh, why is Professor Xavier there? It's because it's actually this is now you're going into the Logan timeline, right? Where where Logan and really that last scene in the Wolverine and Logan itself yeah. are a very different universe than Dark Phoenix, Apocalypse, Days of Future Past and the original X-Men trilogy and anything else, right? Like Logan is way off on its own because it 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 splinters, right? So instead of it being a clean cut, right? And and like okay, this created two tangential timelines. No, it was a splinter, right? So you know how like if you took like an axe and you cut through your arm, it would be a clean cut. But if you took a baseball bat and beat that arm until it fell off, right? It's going <laughs> to splinter everywhere, right? Or okay, use a what piece a of wood. What a violent time <laughs> analogy, right? <laughs> just... So, but it's going to splinter, right? So yeah. the same thing with the timeline because it wasn't cleanly cut. It was beat with a baseball bat, right? Because Logan kept going like, right. do you remember when he was like struggling and yeah. even in the rogue cut, right? Right. There's times where he's slipping in and out. Yeah. Right. And he's it, so it's like, OK, I went away. Now I'm coming back. Now I went away and I'm coming back. Right. So that's splinter. Yeah. That splinters the timeline. Right. And so like what we see is not necessarily a clear line that there's many kind of different timelines. And that's what spawns the MCU. That's what spawns the Logan movie and that's what spawns deadpool because deadpool is actually in the mcu all right, right? Gonna, now how does that how does the first class team fit in with deadpool he it, it doesn't it's like it, that little yeah. scene where like they close the doors it makes no sense whatsoever yeah, the it ages would be totally I, I, because off. it's deadpool i like how like, i like yeah. how a 15 second shot destroys your theory <laughs> like that's what's so crazy about this yeah game. i know but i will annoying. agree with you on one travel. point and disagree with i like another. how you guys are still going are still sticking with the dvd commentary of somehow professor x reforms his body no 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 no. no. that's what i'm fucking saying imbeciles. so that's that's dumb but what you can see is that like 
if Professor X had never died, right? So everything yeah. in everything if Professor had, X. So, here, so, so here's what I'll well, say. That's what I'm saying. If I'm saying Professor that X had scene, never died in X3, had his body blown, even just died, had his body blown up. If that had never happened, that makes all of the timeline divergence make a lot more sense. But I am sticking with that first class is already in a divergent timeline when that movie happens because the events of first class, there is simply no way that they, they don't do enough in the movie based on what you see. No DVD commentary, no companion material, none of this other bullshit. Based on what you see in first class, how the characters act, there is no way that that cleanly fits into the beginning of the first X-Men movie. It simply doesn't. It's well, already it's a-, a divergent timeline. <laughs> well, I will agree. It doesn't cleanly fit in, but I still think I- I'm still going to fight for my thing. But moving on from that, I want to get into how I think Logan connects to Days of Future Past, because okay. I think this is the beauty. I, I think you have a better universe. argument trying to, c- to connect no. it to Apocalypse than a Days I, of Future I, Past. I, I, well, that's I, the I beauty of Logan. So Logan can fit like literally yeah. anywhere. But here's how I view Logan. So right. what happens is after the events of Days of Future Past in the 70s, after um, Mystique puts down the gun and we right. create a new brighter Mystique, which we see continue in Apocalypse and then Phoenix. So what ha- Dark Phoenix, what happens is that we then get some version of X1, X2 and X3 that happens off screen. That eventually leads to the scene at the end of Days of Future Past with Logan coming down the steps. And it's obviously the future because you have, you know, like like futuristic like um, alarm clocks and like yeah. you have like the, yeah, yeah. The, the hover chair. Right. So what happens then in this and which I just cool. It's the first time yeah. we see the hover chair. Very which cool. Is yeah. Very cool. And I refer to this as te- timeline B. So we had timeline A. And then we have timeline B, which diverges from timeline A after they go back in time and Days of Future Past. So this is timeline B. The terminus of timeline B, in my opinion, is Logan. And this is what makes Logan so beautiful, is that Days of Future Past gives us the happy ending where everyone that died, all of Logan's friends, the love of his life, all those kids, they're all alive. And then the Westchester incident happens, Mm -hmm. Um, you know. The old age of Professor X leads him to lose lose his power, and he kills just about everybody. And so, basically, just a few years after the beautiful ending of Days of Future Past, we get the absolute disaster that is a Westchester incident, which not only destroys the X-Men in the school, but it's so destructive and scary that it leads to a complete culling of mutants. Mm-hmm. And it leads to crackdowns like you've never seen. Yeah. Well, so I, that's yeah. what I view. I view Logan as the natural, like it, it, it's terrible and it's it's tragic. But Logan is the sequel to the end of Days of Future Past. And then this is where we get into two other pieces that I want to throw in. The immediate aftermath of the Westchester incident, I think, leads to The Gifted, the Fox TV show. And then later and then at the same time, the world of New Mutants happens before the Westchester incident. So so I think New Mutants exists in a timeline before the events at the end of, day, of Days of Future Past, but after Dark Phoenix. I think it exists in this new timeline yeah. B. And, and what happened, because the X-Men still exist, The Gifted takes place shortly after the Westchester incident, because why did both the X-Men and the Brotherhood disappear? Maybe right. they were all at the mansion and that, and then I think so. And then they have the, they don't mention the Westchester incident in uh, the Gifted, even though it's a Fox TV show that definitively involves X Men, and they mention the X Men and the Brotherhood, but they don't definitively tie into the movies. But the way I view it is that 
it exists in a world, as they mentioned in the show, where the X-Men have disappeared. So that would be after the Westchester incident. So basically that happens shortly before Logan. So here's where I put the gifted because I've given this okay. a lot of thought. Okay. I So first of all, when it comes to Logan, it's I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I, I would even agree with it. But I also think Logan, you can literally put as a bookend to any of the X-Men timelines. Yeah. Because you never see exactly what the Westchester incident is. You never know what triggers it. You don't so know if Jean It's very nebulous. Right, else. exactly. It's very nebulous yeah. and go anywhere. Yeah. For me, what works the best with the gifted is I put the gifted in the same original timeline as First Class. Okay. And Days of Future Past, because they are okay. linked in a way. Right. And then Apocalypse and all that other shit that comes after that. The reason why I do that is because if you include all of that in one timeline, in that timeline, the idea of Sentinels, the term Sentinels as a mutant hunting thing, exists. Right. Now, they make it very clear in The Gifted. They say this constantly, especially in the first season. They don't reference the Westchester incident, you're right, but they do make it very clear the X-Men are gone. But the one and thing there's that, a July 15th incident, yeah. which, is the, which is the equivalent of 9-11. Right. Some sort of like... Which, like but that, one, that itself right. could be so they, the Westchester Right, so they, so they make reference to an incident, but the one thing they continuously harp on is that the X-Men left us this responsibility. The X-Men left us this... They say that like 10,000 times. Right. So that, to me, implies that it wasn't necessarily a singular incident like the Westchester incident. It was more a series of things that was leading to things like the Sentinel services being created, which to me makes a lot of sense where they say, hey, you know, we like this idea of Sentinels, but let's maybe not make mutant hunting robots that might also take over humanity. They repurpose it into a human kind of task force, almost like the MRD, the Mutant Response Division. They got the war. So for me, the gifted takes place in that timeline where the X-Men have disbanded because of something that has happened, probably a, a lot of things leading up to it. And I think it makes a lot more sense in that timeline because the X-Men are a lot more public knowledge in The Gifted. Right. Whereas in the original trilogy, let's call it X-Men X2, the X-Men are not public knowledge. But it's very right, clear, as you right. mentioned earlier, you see it in Dark Phoenix. The X-Men yeah. are almost like superheroes. Yeah, they, so they for have me, action that, figures, they yeah. got shows. So for me, got, that yeah. transition, The Gifted fits into that timeline where it's like they that where they became superheroes and they're very popular and then whatever happens that july 15th incident whatever it is and the creation of the sentinel service because the idea of sentinels already existed in that timeline right, right. and logan yeah. couldn't since we've talked about it, logan could exist as the feature to a couple different movies exactly it could logan exist anywhere could easily be uh, yeah. the extension of the gifted universe or it could be very much uh, so yeah i would almost I'd, i would almost say that logan would be you you could make the argument that it was the continuation of apocalypse Days of the Future Past never happened. Right. The the Sentinels were never both, really yeah. a big thing. Right. It's, two separate timelines. it's multiple separate timelines. And but then and then you could even say that Dark Phoenix, because literally the thing about Dark Phoenix, just a terrible movie that it was, and it makes no freaking sense, is that she the Jean Grey literally uses Phoenix powers to beat Apocalypse at the end of the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. so and then bad. she doesn't have the we Phoenix. See, and we see so the, I think that we see Dark the Phoenix too. It's right. It's not that she uses no, the Phoenix no. powers. I mean it's very we see, obvious. A, we, we see a yeah. version. Of very the obvious like, yeah and that's yeah. the only way it's the whole deus ex machina and the only way that they can explain why they can beat apocalypse so i think that the dark phoenix movie is actually on a separate timeline 
Can we just pretend it didn't happen? Like, <laughs> I think that's that's really you know, what like, we're getting to. Like, you know, do we, a selective <laughs> sequel, like you know, well, so here's like so, Jurassic wait, so Park. Here's a better, I think that's where that's what got no, us so into here's this a problem better, in the first place. Here's a better question before we get on the Dark Phoenix. At well, have you watched the end of the Gifted yet? Have you? Yes, yes. The the both seasons. Yes, and you as well. Okay, I I'll, skipped I'll ahead. Spoil, careful, right. careful spoilers. I'll spoil it for you. Whatever. So first of all, the Gifted needed like ten more seasons. The show is fucking incredible. Yeah, um, it really the, was a very the good finale show. of the second season we think blink is dead and then bam blink comes out of nowhere presumably from some sort of future what future is blink coming from well here's what's great it could be days of future past because, because that's see, the yeah. only time you see blink in any of the movies. and who else is in days of future past thunderbird oh, thunderbird yeah he is yeah, there he, he is. is you're right yeah, yeah, yeah you're right he is that's there. great and what i like about the gifted too is it's the next um evolution to, yeah. to use the phrase <laughs> um, of the civil rights era, because, you know, so obviously we start off. It's all about um, it's all about um, African-Americans in, in the original uh, comic book series. Yes. The, the movie the series moves the civil rights era more into like gay rights. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then the gifted talks about like the post 9-11, um, you know, obviously, you know, they, they mentioned the Patriot a bunch in the gifted. They talk about, you know. It's basically just about like Muslim Americans, you know, because you have like these, you know, it's very like terrorism based because the July 15th incident is spoken about like 9-11. So it's like the next evolution of like the class that is being put down by the majority. And a very astute observation, um, 9-11, did 9-11 happen in the original X-Men trilogy universe, right? Because in the first X-Men movie, when they have that, the the computer that shows New York City, you see the Twin Towers that are Yeah, but that's 2000. Yeah, well, So it's a year before. So well, but so, did does that mean it was in 2000 that the movie happened, or is this uh, is, is there is this something that like 9/11 never happened? You know, yeah. So I think that I, I think that it's it's really interesting, especially because they're again with that splinter mentality, right? Because we get we get you know in one reality, you know, Magneto was the guy who kills JFK. Right. In another reality, maybe he's not. You know, like, and, and maybe he didn't do that because it was splintered, right? Yeah. So you really have to kind of like, it, it, there's a lot of like, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, but I think that- A lot they, of what have you. And I think that one of the other interesting things to think about, right, is that if we're trying to tie, um, you, you make the effort of trying to tie the X-Men into the MCU, there is a reality in the MCU where Captain America- Goes back in time and he lives his entire life. Now right. you can you with the uh, the obviously uh, the idea and the understanding is that Captain America was mainly going to just live a quiet life, right? But knowing the Steve Rogers person, knowing who he is, would he have been able to sit back and see things that are happening and just stand by? No way, not a chance. So that in itself creates another tangential universe, right? Because you have now this MCU universe, and I think that is the universe that we get Deadpool in. Well, yeah, because well, the MCU yeah. the MCU makes it crystal clear. One of the things I love about Avengers Endgame is that it makes crystal clear that it's not time travel. It's multiverse travel. When when uh, it's like that five-minute scene where the Ancient One explains to you, like, if you pluck this stone from this yeah, timeline, all of a sudden, this, and this. Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing. exactly what all the 
X-Men universes. Right. And what I'm saying is that it wasn't it's it's not as clean as that. It's not it's oh, not. No. Oh, if you pluck this out. Yeah. Well, no, now garbage. you have two you right. have two different times. No. If you pluck this out, it's going to shatter and splinter. And now you've got exactly. multiple different. Because in the X-Men lines. universe, telepaths can just reform their bodies without any sort of physical ability <laughs> to do so. Or or he did. It or it's his... just his twin brother. But all right. <laughs> assholes. But bringing in the MCU is kind of a good way to start to. Dude, to it wasn't me, man. Up. You got to listen to the DVD commentary. I don't know. I didn't create it. Our, our DVD commentary is uh, canon. That, that, right so, here, so here's where I want to go. So so we're kind of wrapping up now. I, I do want to mention the TV show Legion. I think it's a completely alternate. Yeah, young, again. But it's a but great show. It's no, great, great show. Noah yeah. Hawley, who um, has just over the past month, in my opinion, become my favorite TV writer because the TV show Fargo, mm-hmm. I always enjoyed, but this fourth season of Fargo has been so good that yeah. he's actually eclipsed Aaron Sorkin, in my opinion, which is high wow. praise. So, yeah. so I do. So I think if, if you like, if you even remotely enjoy the X-Men movies, uh, you should check out Legion. It's a whole different universe, but it is fantastic. It's a very different way to go. Uh, and I also want to mention one thing when it comes to New Mutants, which we didn't really get into that much. So no. it just came out. So a little bit of spoilers yeah. here if you haven't seen it. It's it's more enjoyable than I thought it would be. Agreed. Not great. I think it's because the bar was set so low for right. three yeah. years. We've yeah. been like this movie's got to yeah. suck. I think it's something that the MCU might pick up because it's kind of like a tangential story in uh, the mutant I world. I you hope know, like, they do. You know, like yeah. throwing in you know different mutant groups. I kind of think of like the heyday of like the early nineties of the X Men, and you had all these different X Men comics. Yeah, yep. that's what the movies could be. Yep. Yeah. But I mean, New Mutants essentially becomes X Force. Y- yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, one, yeah, a lot of the yeah, core characters yeah, yeah become X Force. You had a few key characters. Yep. There it is. And one definitive connection between um, New Mutants and the rest of the movie, specifically Logan, is you have the Essex Corporation, which is yes. mentioned in Deadpool. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... And if, in Apocalypse. And in Apocalypse. And I feel yep. like if 20th Century Fox had kept being a separate entity, um, Mr. Sinister and the Essex Corporation would have been the natural next baddie. Like, that yes. would have been yeah. there. Like, you know, yeah. completely agree. We went, from, we went from Magneto yeah. to Apocalypse to Sinister. Mr. Sinister right. yeah. and the Essex Corporation. So they so mentioned they that specifically. Done Apocalypse, but. Yeah, yeah, they should have done it the other way because in the comic books, uh, uh, Mr. Sinister originally is like not a. Harold is not the right word, but he's like a stooge of Apocalypse, right? Um, who's yeah. undermining him from behind the scenes. Yeah. So if they had just you know had a fucking brain in their head and done it reverse, Mister Sinister would have been sprinkled throughout all the other movies, yeah. and Apocalypse would have well, been the big finale. Yeah, is, you know, know they, they do. do. They, they that, sprinkle. You know, there's sprinkle, no payoff. You see him mentioned in Deadpool too. Right. You see him. It, see him in a right. Couple they do. Things. There's just no payoff on it, unfortunately. Yeah. And then one thing in Logan that we didn't touch on that I think is very important to note is the scenes from Logan where X twenty three is kept in. Mexico that like mm-hmm. that like facility. Yep. Those exact shots are reused in New Mutants. In New Mutants. Yep. Yeah. When you yeah, see I did, I yeah, did notice, I did notice that. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. it's it's really well done. So in New Mutants when um when when there's a scene where where you're where they're seeing where they go next. Mm-hmm. Those are direct uh shots yep. from Logan. So it's yeah. very clear that the Essex Corporation um, I mean, they call it different things in Logan, the alkali, whatever, like yeah. alkali so, lake. Yeah, yeah, so it's this whole yeah. thing. But so I think that's very important to note. And I want to end this by talking about where we think the future is. And I think, yeah, I think you I, should take the lead, Anthony, because I think it's clear, regardless of if if Deadpool was a separate universe. Yeah, it's clear since we just had um, information released about Deadpool three that some of the writers of Bob's Burgers is going to be making Deadpool three. I think it's clear that so awesome. Deadpool's coming so into awesome. the MCU, and I would love to hear what you think because it could be both a sequel to Deadpool three 
a part of the MCU. He breaks a fourth wall. He can just say, oh, now I'm part of the big, big boys and just then you keep going. That's yeah. what's so great about Deadpool. Yep. Yeah. And I think I think you're going to see a lot of of Deadpool very akin to Stanley. I think Deadpool is going to be the new Stanley where you saw all these Stanley cameos. Now it's going to be Deadpool who's going to be in that position. And all of a sudden he's just going to be like hanging out in the background or, you know, you'll see him and he'll come in with a real quick kind of cameo appearance. But um, I mean, it's obvious that obviously, you know, um, Kevin Feige is going to bring the MC, the uh, X-Men universe into the MCU, right? And what does that mean? Where do we go from there? Will it connect to any of the other movies? I, I would hope that they actually don't connect it to any of the other movies, Great. right? I, I hope that it's, it's really, it's a standalone thing. It really creates its own thing. And it, it'll, because I, especially with like Apocalypse and, and Dark Phoenix and New Mutants, I mean, you've really got to the point where you've had kind of several movies in a row that, that don't make sense. They're all kind of all over the place. And, Quite frankly, none of them are very good, right? So, like, they all have bright spots in them, right? But they're not really that great. So, I think that if you had to take something and you would have to call it canon, right? Like, when you say, what is canon? I would say X-Men 1, X-Men 2, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and Days of Future Past, right? With with first class. Anything else, I would say, you know, not not canon. I don't think Logan is canon. I don't think the Wolverine is canon. It doesn't fit. Wolverine Origins doesn't fit. None of it fits. I think I think if you have X-Men, X-Men, X2, X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and then Days of Future Past and First Class. If you take all of those, because First Class without Wolverine coming back in Days of Future Past, it should lead into, right? But and like once you get into like Apocalypse, like the ages don't make sense. Like none they haven't does, aged, yeah. they haven't they haven't developed, like you know, the characters, like none of it makes sense. So like it, it's all over the place, right? But if you look at it just as those core five movies, right, where it's first class, the first three X-Men movies and then Days of Future Past, it actually works very, very well. And it, and it, it not only does it does it work well, but I think it can also lead into the MCU, right, Yeah. where you can have, you know, kind of some incident where, you know. Because like they don't like in the MCU, like they're just discovering people with special powers or at least, you know, they haven't talked about like mutants or anything. It's not to the scale that it is when the Avengers have come up. So where would I like to see it go? Uh, I would really like to see eventually what I would love to see is um, Ultimate X-Men versus Ultimate Avengers. Right. Like it seems to be the natural like that would be like almost like Civil War was where you could have done multiple movies that surround it, but doing it in a single movie can really like make, all the crossover right. like, 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 yeah. you could in you comics could, how you they could have, like, really do a very very good movie that introduces the x-men and has the avengers fight the x-men because of somebody like magneto and the x-men want to like protect the the actual innocent mutants right so you have magneto he's a terrorist he comes in well they're like oh we have this mutant problem same thing with civil war now we need to register mutants right now you get into the registration and and then that is what leads into both um uh secret invasion right and then hopefully the dark avengers storyline Right. And then you have and and that can be sort of where this goes, because like you're going to have, you know, 
Avengers in space is really going to be the next sort of phase, right? So you're going to have the as Guardians of the Galaxy, you're going to have it's going to a lot of it's going to take place in outer space. And then all of a sudden you're going to come back to Earth, right? And then you're going to have a little bit of that sci-fi element that is is within Earth. And the way to do that is with Secret Invasion. Your and your thoughts are diverging worse than the X-Men timelines no, 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 right no, now. No, no, no. Listen, listen, right? So <laughs> he just wants to adapt every X-Men we, and we, Avengers. We, we went from book. the future of the <laughs> X-Men into the MCU to Secret Invasion. But it is. It is the future of the X Men because because obviously the, the it's X-Men, the future of the MCU. I see correct. where he's going. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's trying to tie the whole thing. Yeah, and that's that's the way that you tie it all together, right? Did you forget that we have a different podcast where we talked in detail about the future of the MCU? How, how we made it very clear that Kang and other multiverse shit is very obviously where they're going. Don't get me wrong; I would love to Space. see Secret Invasion. Yeah. I think is very plausible. That's going to be like phase very plausible. five or phase Dark, six. Dark yeah. Avengers will never happen. I guarantee it. Dark I, Avengers will I, never happen. I don't know if I. Agree I would with like that. for it to happen, but I, it will yeah. never happen in the canon MCU. I, I think. I think it really is going to be dependent upon DC. And the reason I say that is because DC Comics is going to go with a bad guy team, right? They're going to go with the Legion of Doom. They're going to go with, you know, Lex Luthor, Deathstroke, Joker. They're going to have – You're presuming that people are going to like the Snyder Cut. You're also presuming that DC is going to do anything they're saying. Taking a lot of liberties here. Okay? A lot of liberties. <laughs> a lot of liberties here. Just go with it, okay? Marvel should so, never be worried about what DC does. No. No, no but the Dark Avengers storyline is literally one of the best storylines oh, that, that Marvel no question has there. ever yeah, no done. Question. It's like – like the whole yeah. thing, like Secret Invasion leading in, because it was Civil War that led into Secret Invasion that led into right, the Dark they, Avengers. They got, they got let down and like the, the humanity got let down by the Avengers in Secret yeah. Invasion. Yeah. That's how Norman Osborn was able to take yeah. power. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. agree. And the whole new Avengers yeah. storyline. Like, One of the best storylines yeah, in Marvel great. in any comic book ever. Totally agree. Um, it doesn't matter what DC does. Kevin Feige <laughs> will never care about what DC does. Yeah, because that, that would great. be like Andy, they absolutely no, will care no, no, he if won't. a crappy movie movie gets turned around and becomes all of a sudden a billion dollar franchise. That will never happen. Kevin Feige worrying about DC (laughs) is is like Andy Reid being worried about the Jets. <laughs> like, like that, th- that is where we are. It's not exactly. Don't get me not wrong. Entirely accurate, but all right, we'll go with it. <laughs> Taking right. some liberties here, but all right. But so, what and, do you think? What is what is canon to you, and where do you want to see it go? I. I totally agree with you. I, I can't wait to see them bringing Deadpool into the MCU. I don't want to have a timeline or a, enormous explanation as to why Deadpool is there. I just want Deadpool to like look at the camera and say, now I'm playing with the big boys because, you know, it, right after some like very big um, special effect moment or like something that like uh, has like maybe a Stark Industries, like some some very big moment and he can just look at the camera and say, I'm there. And then they can also, since Deadpool is the only... M- a mutant movie that's been mentioned as coming out in the MCU. That's that's a way you can soft set up what mutants are. You can probably also do that in WandaVision, maybe in Loki. There's all these multiverse things. I feel like they can like like tease mutants in all these products and then get a proper X-Men movie maybe five years down the line. That's where I think they're going to go, and that's what I would love to see. Yeah. What about you, Matt? Yeah, I was just going to say, without, um, you know, shameless plug for Ready, Set, Review, we talked in detail about this a couple months ago. We did. Um, and it's I totally agree. It's going to be some sort of, you know, a lot of people are speculating, oh, did the did the snap create mutants? No. They're, mutants are going to be a thing that have always existed in the MCU. They're going to start peppering them in throughout. Yeah, Deadpool is just going to show up and be like, hey, guys, 
I'm here now. Like, you know, and it's going to be great. It's going to be like that scene in Iron Man 2 where they recast uh, Rhodey and yeah. Don Shields. He's like, yep. yeah, it's me. I'm here. Let's just get on with it. Like, yeah, it's it's going to be just like Which that. It was perfect. It's, it's, perfect. it's amazing. Um, but yeah, it, but have fun. Yeah. They're going to they're they're pepper references to mutants um, in both, I think, the TV shows that are coming out and in some of the new MCU movies in Phase 4. You're going to start to hear the term mutant. You're going to start to see little things about it. And then, yeah, Agreed. I think in Phase 5 is when we're going to see full-on mutants. And it's probably, honestly, like the, depending on how they do it, they're probably just going to do it very similar to the way it was in the comic books. Like a young group of mutants that a character like Professor X, probably will be Professor X, starts to train or whatever and, and do and just and just do it like that. Um, I think it'd be pretty seamless, pretty straightforward. Um, and yeah, I, I don't want anything from the – with the exception of Deadpool, obviously. Yeah. I don't want anything from <laughs> the old continuity to be pulled over. Just none of it. Yeah. Keep it all in the past. Let it lie. Um, because as we've explained – it's fucking confusing, yeah. and the timelines as, are all over as, the place. Yeah. And so, like, none of it should be canon. Yeah, none really? of it should be like, canon, yeah. Because I mean, the, la- the last no. thing I want for the MCU to do is to start telling stories where characters just are suddenly able to reform their blown-up bodies with telekinesis. It just, <laughs> it's just fucking stupid to me. So, Well, it's been brilliant. <laughs> How else would he do it? It's his mind. Man. It doesn't make any fucking sense. It's telepathy. This is why Ryan Reynolds made Omega a gen. level mutant. he made oh, movies that made us drink, <laughs> and then he provides a reason why. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is that is 100%. 100%. So, uh, for this episode of Cannon Fodder, my name is Ed. I'm Anthony. Fuck both of you. <laughs> and that's Matt. <laughs> the foul-mouthed Goomba here. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Oh, you're expecting a teaser for our, our Christmas special? Well, w- we don't have that kind of money. Uh, Aviation Din doesn't actually sponsor us. Uh, what are you expecting? Right? Come on. We're not, we're not going to tell you what the next film in the universe that we're going to do is. We're not going to tell you, you know, what film we're going to do next. yippee ki motherfucker. <laughs>